Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, guys, we are laughing because we're actually recording this this intro after we recorded an episode, weirdly. Um, this is uh, a, uh, a little bonus episode for you guys before we go into Defenders in a few weeks. Yay! I'm so excited, Terry. Oh, um, so Tammy and I have uh, just sat down and chatted to the very awesome Stephen Sergic, who is uh, one of the directors who has worked on all the Marvel Netflix series so far um, and will be working on the Defenders and the Punisher um, coming up. Um, Stephen was great. He was really, really generous with his time he gave us so much time and was just chatting about everything to do with directing working with marvel like really great guy um, process discussion yeah yeah which was great um but we kind of sort of went straight into it without an intro so we wanted to record a little (laughs) intro just to obviously get things started (laughs) so you guys aren't confused um but uh with that uh yeah me and tammy are probably going to talk some more about how excited we are for the defenders and we hope you enjoy this chat we have with Stephen Sergic. Thanks, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I just tried to add you to the group call, and it crashed for some reason, as it does. It's, there's just too much information coming at it. Um, it, it it's, it's Skype. Skype just has a tantrum every time you want it to do something for some reason. It's like, it's like so many people we know. But, Clara, what, <laughs> who will all be on the Hi. call? So you. So there's me. I'm in London, and then my my um, co-host is Tammy, and she is in Orlando. Hi, Tammy in Orlando. Hello. I hear you. Yeah. No, there's a blurry photo of her belly dancing instead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I wasn't aware until uh, right before this that we were gonna do video conference, but I don't have it set up, so. Yeah. So, so you'll fine. just get a blurry yeah, photo the... of me instead. <laughs> you haven't got my user photo, which is me actually dressed up in the jewel outfit. Yeah. Of Jessica Jones, if you can see my profile picture, Stephen. Yeah, well, uh, so I, uh, I think yeah. I've seen it. it's not in front of me right now. You know, I'll tell you what is it if if there's um, once there's more than three people on the line, then then uh, video conferencing is great because then I know mm-hmm. who's speaking. But otherwise, um, a few, a couple, few people um, speaking, it's no problem to do it just with voice. Oh, awesome! Cool. You, you can tell like, the difference with us with our accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> Who is that? Again? Yeah, I know. It's uh, very clarifying. <laughs> so, um, you know, I apologize for coming in a little bit late, but I, I decided that it would be, um, it would be really proper if I went through every. All, all the different shows just to review some of the names of people I've worked with. And, and it really kind of blew my mind. I, I've been working with these guys. <laughs> There's a lot. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that isn't self-promote. That's just volume we're talking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Gee whiz. Well, definitely. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Great. And thank you for, thank you for having me. And I know, uh, I think you uh, approached me some time ago, but you know, usually I'm in such a state of anxiety and, and heightened, uh, you know, insanity um, because of either pre-production or shooting that I, I don't have the uh, wherewithal to spend the five minutes to do something like this. So I apologize. No, it's absolutely yeah. fine. Honestly, I just appreciate you having the time. Like I completely understand. I'd much rather you be creating more awesome episodes, you know, than <laughs> taking the time to talk to us. <laughs> I wanted to check with you as well. How long do you do you have to chat? Because I don't want to keep you any longer than. Well, I have about an hour, uh, and and it's eleven and a little bit an hour and a little bit because then I have there's a tow truck coming to do some uh, damage to uh, uh to move a vehicle in my garage, so that's all. But it's no big deal. Okay. That that's not a that's not something that's high on my priority list. So. Okay. No, that is would that, be great. Is that okay? We all Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's more than generous. Thank you. Uh, I wanna, um, I, so I want to. I want to give you a lot of an opportunity to edit. Okay. <laughs> so, if we blow it. Okay. Well, anything you want edited, just let me know. Feel <laughs> free just to pick up the line and do it again and again and again and again. <laughs> Well, I also I edit out all the times I say um and uh because I do that a lot and so it's oh, terrible. Um, so <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you as well because you're in LA at the moment. Yes. Um, 
uh, are you just visiting LA or were you out in, in California for like, like any of the Comic-Con stuff in San Diego? Um, you know, uh, I, uh, first, first of all, actually, actually, technically I live in it. I mean, it's such an abstract question and I, I know it's a simple question and I should be able to answer it in a simple way. <laughs> But we're gonna. It's it's one of those questions when they used to ask me at the border because I was going back and forth across from Canada <laughs> to the United States yeah. often. Uh, the reality is I've lived in hotels for 25 years, and uh, and that is because I work rather steady. Again, not a this isn't self promotion so much. It's just sort of a fact. I, I I work a lot in TV. I always wanted to work in TV, and I've I suddenly got the opportunity. I can't stop. So I go from one job to the other. I usually allow one to three weeks in between the job. Uh, I always go to do the edit in L.A., and so I come mm -hmm. back here. So I've always had a place here for, for the last 20 years uh, because I'm here for a week every month or every two months. And uh, so I do the edit, and then I maybe I take a meeting. I'll go to see my friends at Marvel or, or, or take some meetings where I'm promoting myself and uh, at the various studios, et cetera. And then, and then, you know, back on the plane, I'm back in a hotel somewhere. That's cool, though. I, I think I read an interview with you um, earlier where you sort of uh, mentioned that as well. But that just must be so exciting just going from job to job and just being busy so much of the time when it's something you love. You well, know? It, it, it is something I love. And it is, it is as you just as you just uh, as you say, it's, it really is exciting. I really do love my job. And I don't and I don't I don't really um, I don't really spend much time doing other things. And, and I should just be a full rounded human being. But um but the fact of the matter is that I always feel that if I take a week off, I'll miss an opportunity that I'll regret forever. And so instead, I'll just regret my whole life forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, I, I honestly like I've wanted to chat to you for ages because um, you've directed so many of the episodes. And I mean, I'll, I'll explain a bit about the podcast as well. I think I messaged you about it. So on, on our, our show, we... I'm the only one that sees the series when the series hit Netflix. So I tend to sit down and do a 13-hour marathon and just watch the entire show. I, I, have, read um, that. I have read that you traditionally <laughs> watch the whole – binge watch yeah. the whole 13 hours, which is just really yeah. something else. I can't even imagine. After yeah. five or six hours, I start to lose my I – can't, I can't focus, but uh, good for you. You know, the, I think the experience of watching Daredevil season one was one of my best TV watching experiences because I started at 7 p.m. and I watched through to the next morning. The sun was rising. It was brilliant. And that was the first show. And it's my favorite character. So um, but Tammy and my my co-host, Matt Mel, who are not here, they only watch the first episode. And then we talk about the first episode and then they'll watch the second one. So it's it's quite difficult sometimes for me to go, oh, I can't wait until they get to this certain moment. Um but we've obviously, we've literally just a couple of weeks ago finished covering Iron Fist, so saw your finale episode yeah. you did for Iron Fist. Thank you. Um, but I've wanted to talk to you for ages because you've, you've honestly done some of my favourite episodes and it's always great when I'm making my notes for the series and I see your name come up directing an episode. I'm always like, oh, awesome, you know, that's great. And I look forward to it. Um, but you've worked on all of the series so far and you've, you're going to be working on Punisher and Defenders or you have worked on Punisher and Defenders as well. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and um, uh, first of all, thank you for your, for your very gracious and, and generous comments about my work. But um, I have worked on... I have worked on um, uh, uh, Punisher. I did an ep episode uh, six in the middle there somewhere, mm -hmm. and um, and it was really a good script, and it and it really you know it had a, everyone you know sometimes you, you you work on a show that is I, I call them you know excess uh, there, there's some shows that that, that kind of connect other shows like when you get close to the finale there's a lot of movement um, narratively that occurs and. Um, you know that before that they might need a show to set that up, or you know, often in a pilot, a pilot is is really struggles because they have so much exposition they have to deal with. Or, and and in the case of the episode I did in Defenders, it was kind of like the perfect amount just for like a, an episode that is wasn't a finale and it wasn't uh, you know an early uh, big ass set piece. It, it it was just a really great episode in terms of all the narrative movement of all the characters. And uh, and all of the villains and it moved nicely and and I as a as a director I really appreciate being able to you know being able to work on a show like that. So. We we just saw the uh, Tammy and I were a minute ago just discussing the new Defenders trailer as well that um, 
that they showed at Comic Con, which looks amazing. Oh, I, I mean, we we were very excited by the previous trailer, weren't we, yeah. Tammy? Um, but the new one, it it just looks fantastic. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It's you know, it just must be great for for you guys as well. Just the amount of excitement there is about it, and just all these little pieces coming together. You know, I I, I watched the, the way that they uh, they opened the shows at night. I I should just mention before I go in that I I also did do uh, an episode of Punisher. I did the finale for Punisher, mm-hmm. and now it is quite a different. You'll find it to be quite a different. Um, it's quite a different show than a lot, a lot of the other. Um, a, a lot of the other um, Marvel Netflix sort of superhero shows simply because mm-hmm. the character doesn't have any real superpowers. And so it's more like an adult drama, but anyway, we can talk about that. Um, I'll get back to your, um, Oh, and the only other thing is, is that I've, you know, there was a, a there was a, a moment there that I directed every, every time they did one of these shows, a new show, you know, I got, I managed to, you know, wrangle myself an episode or two to direct. And, <laughs> and I, I was, uh, it, it got to the point where I, I looked and I saw that I'd actually done all of them right up to Punisher. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, this is uh, you know, unusual because no one else had done that. And I, and I didn't know if it was because there was some superstitious reason now that I, that they were bringing me on like a lucky picture. And You're a lucky child. Je- 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 Jeff <laughs> actually said that that was in fact the case. So now that, that was, that changed with the new, uh, with, with the new Jessica Jones. Cause they made the, I think extremely brave and awesome choice to work with only female directors and i support that completely and but that that really took me out of the uh that, that took me off a lucky penny so uh uh but, but i but i'm luckier because now i get i get to know that there's a lot a lot of great directors will be working on that that really deserve to so um okay now well, i guess as well with so many shows now like three shows a year then it's um it's a lot of pressure if you're on every show you know that's a you know, it might be stretching you a bit too far, I guess. If well, yeah, because so many shows at once. Interestingly, you know, one of the there's a real pleasure in coming back to a show that's already that you're familiar with. In other words, when I came back and I did the second, I, I did two episodes. I did originally I did uh, my first my first show with with Marvel and uh, and and was with Daredevil, of course, and it, it was uh, I did the King King Kingpin episode. I was very lucky. I got a really great script, mm-hmm. and um, and then later on I got to go back and do two episodes of, of uh, Daredevil. And, and what happens when you go back, you actually know the character a little bit. You know some of the characters that he that he plays with, that he interacts with. And you know a little bit about the narrative, the crew, the company. You know the, about, you know, where the washroom is, where the coffee pot sits. And that, that learning curve is, you know, it, it actually takes, uh, it's really exciting. And that's why, I mean, the business is to continue trying to learn about things and people and places. But uh, it, it, it takes... When you come back to a, a, a series that you've worked on, it's it it should be easier, you know, than than starting a brand new show where all of a sudden you have to memorize a new 150 names of crew. There's all these <laughs> you got to look at what happened. You watch all the episodes like you. I watch all the episodes, and and, it, and in some cases, if the show is a new show that's coming along, you you actually can't get to watch the episodes because they don't exist. That is, they'll mm. be in post production, and I'll watch dailies, and I'll try to read the scripts, and it's all very secretive so there's a lot of you know non-disclosure agreements and a lot of security about the information you're, you're picking up it feels like we're working for the fbi in counterintelligence or something but uh, <laughs> we, we do uh we, we do honor uh their their requirements the best we can uh yesterday i woke up and i heard that i, I heard that defenders had dropped it that netflix had opened it and I read that, I guess, you know, and I, I read that not in a very reputable source, but I jumped on it. Oh, geez, I got to get. So I started plastering my social media with pictures of, you know, on set shots and stuff. And then I got a call in, in, seconds later from a friend at Netflix and oh, a high ranking executive there. So I says, well, what the mm-hmm. hell are you doing? Like security, <laughs> you know, this uh, copyright flag and you're like all over the place. Get on. You know, I was like, whoa, so sorry. <laughs> Could have ended a lot worse. I'm just saying. It was very, very. <laughs> was that because they they um, screened the first episode? I know of Defenders at Comic Con. Like, do you think that that exactly then this that, new that, source got hold of the story? Yeah, that's what happens. It, it, they screened the first episode, and people I think assumed that if the one episode is out, the whole show was out, and that assumption yeah. was wrong. And I, listen, I'm, I have to take responsibility for what happened. I, I guess I. 
when I read the headline, you know, that the series had dropped, I didn't check it. I should have because I know better because I knew that they well, I didn't know. But I had heard that some rumor that they might play a, an, an episode at the at Comic-Con. So I thought that mm. was exciting. And, and I, you know, why would and then it's highly unusual that, they, that they, you know, if you think about it, why would they why, why would they release the whole series as, as soon as they as soon as they um, sent out the. You know, set up the first. You know, they want to set up mm. a buzz first. I'm going to grab myself a, a, a drink. Is that okay if I just take one second? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, uh, yeah, cool. Can you keep talking? I'm going to have a drink as well. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm going to have a drink as well. If, I, mm. if I'm speaking too quickly, you know, for this system and for you guys to understand, you know, it just sounds ridiculous. Do, do no, no, it's fine. I, I talk quite quickly as well. Don't worry. Tammy's the relaxed um, Floridian, aren't you, nice Tammy? Nice chill, yeah. <laughs> Tammy, you're in Florida, <laughs> huh? By the beach. Yeah. Real hot. <laughs> real hot. Yeah, I used to work there. I produced a, a TV show there called Burn Notice, and oh, yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was in Miami, and we shot yeah. in the summer. Oh, my God. It was just brutally hot. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Hasn't I love people. Still love the culture. <laughs> and, but the brutality was, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we were in, Tammy and I were in New York a couple of years ago and around this time, actually, and I've never been as hot as that. We were there the hottest time of the year. We, and it was actually when they were filming Jessica Jones season one. And I was like, I can't believe how hot it is. And you, Tammy, you were like, this is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is, is like... not that bad. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I thought strange. it was really nice. <laughs> well, if, you're, if you're coming from, uh, if you're coming from, the, Claire, are you, in the, where, are you in London? Where are you? Uh, yeah, I'm just outside London. Yeah. You know, the, the, we all, you know, it's very, it's cool, rather, you know, it's, I, I, that's a temperature I kind of, I dig, like it's, a, it's cool, it's, you know, it's a, you have a little bit of weather, but um, yeah, New York has actually, Tammy, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, it has the humidity of the, of Southern Florida, but it doesn't really get quite to the, it, yeah, to the skull. It, yeah. Exactly. And, and I think the difference too, is you're around so much asphalt and, you know, in, in yeah. New York that it's like the sun just cooks the asphalt. And so it's almost like you're getting <laughs> it from all directions. Whereas, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm in Orlando. There are a lot of trees. There's a lot, a lot of nature around here. It's You can find somewhere cool to stand under if need be. <laughs> yeah, so. it's true. It's, it, it does. There's ocean and there's... Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's just so beautiful. I mean... And uh, and there's a lot of green and uh, and if the asphalt picks up the heat. You're right; it's like an oven, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. and even if you go underground, you go into the sub because it's oh, fantastic. Yeah. The system, but it's hot, yeah. You know? yeah. Stinky, like. New York tubes, though the actual trains have aircon, and we don't have that in London. So I'm jealous of that because that was <laughs> nice in New York. <laughs> we don't have that in the summer here. It's our tubes. Our tube thing is like too old. It's the oldest one in the world. It's. No, but it's it's comprehensive. It's better than LA's where I am, and uh, you know, yeah. I'll just LA is terrible for public transport. My my friends, uh, my old housemate lives in. Uh, uh, she grew up in Orange County, um, and then they moved to uh, Pasadena and um, and Silver Lake. And I've been out to visit them, and yeah, LA public transport because I don't drive is awful. Well, I, I call. You I need call a car. Public transportation, uh, Uber actually is. Uh, yeah. In LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How do you get the corner in in Skype? How do you get the windows raised up in the? Because I'm I'm looking down a lot. I'd love to put it up higher I, on the screen. I don't know. I have no idea. Is, is that I don't where use it lives on your screen too? Does it live at the bottom, Claire? The screen? Uh, no, it's absolutely. I mean, I, it's it's fine for me. I'm not sure how you sort of oh, move there the windows around. Okay, good. Stuff. That's better. Ah. Okay, I'm working. <laughs> working. Okay. <laughs> Kind of new to this. Yeah, I, I should say as well. I just showed Tammy before. I've got my uh, my Matt Murdoch figure all prepared for defenders with his scarf on. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica's there as well. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be done. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, you sort of mentioned about obviously working for Marvel, and working on all the shows, but I was kind of interested in how you got involved working for Marvel for Daredevil, like. And then obviously you got kept on the other shows. Was that you were just contacted about it, or well, it was a job you wanted to do, or it, it was definitely yeah, a job so I wanted to do. But this is an interesting, you know, uh, it's an interesting question because I I, I know that uh, like I, I should point out that when when you work at, at um, well, where should I begin this? Um, 
Two years ago, I was working on a show in uh, in New Orleans, and I and I was working. I was a co-executive producer, and um, the, the show was moribund. It never really was going anywhere, and and, uh, and it was kind of a struggle. I, w- I won't go into detail, but um, mm-hmm. but one of my um, one of my my, my co-exec um, Kareem Zarek, who is in charge, it was now in charge of um, new new development and new shows at, at uh, Marvel, was my partner. And we went through, you know, there's something about hard times that bonds people, and if they, they don't turn on it, if you don't turn on one another, it, you end up mm-hmm. like stronger and in, in a way that you don't through good times. And it was it was hard times, you know. We went through some tough things, you know. And I mean, like we lost we lost friends on the show. Our, our cameraman, our uh, just a sec. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we lost that cameraman on the show, uh, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not usually quite so emotional about this sort of thing, but um, it was rough times. So anyway, we went on to our, our, our respective duties doing our other shows. I used to do a lot of t- a lot of television in Canada as well. I, I, I was producing shows there and, and directing them. And, um, and and Kareem moved to Marvel, and he started talking to me. We we'd get together and we talk a lot about the future and what was happening, you know, technologically and what was happening creatively. And we'd always meet and talk about these things. And, you know, it's a very fast-moving uh, technological change that's occurring. And, and a lot of the streaming services and stuff are really, uh, you know, it's unusually complex. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we were you know, like, what do you do? Where do you go? And he was like, I'm not this company, new company called Marvel. And you should think about, like, getting away from network television for sure because, you know, those ships are sinking. And if you're near them, you will get sucked down into the bottom of the ocean. Even if you're near, you got to swim now, you know. And I was like, I was I, – I, I didn't doubt his sort of premise, but I didn't know what the move was. And, uh, and, the, real, and the real answer to that is – is that you got to make some move? You got you got to get away from the ship. So I made the jump, and uh, at, at his recommendation, and I'll never and and I'll never uh, ever be able to thank him for, for that enough because it was he was absolutely right. He said like Marvel's the place for you. Uh, it's exactly the place you should be, and um, you'll be very happy here. So it didn't, you know. And so the next thing you know, I, I he you know, booked me on an ep. Him and Jeff uh, Loeb booked me on an episode of uh, of Daredevil, and that was kind of uh, and and. I gotta say one other thing about that is that like when you work on a show, it's really hard to control. If you're not a producing director and you're not going through the scripts as they come at you, it's very very difficult to uh, to, to to control what scripts you're, you're you're directing. So when I come when I'm a mm-hmm. guest on a show, you know, let's say I, when I did a Bates Motel or I was I did a, an episode of Designated Survivor, you kind of you kind of it's a pig. They call it a pig and a poke. You kind of get what what comes at you, and you got to deal with it. You 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 you, you do your best with the material. And and uh, in the case of uh, in the case of the first season of Marvel, I got a very very good script. I got a script that was written by the mm-hmm. and um, uh, and I had been working in um, I had been working in Florida in Miami on burn notice, and you know I had some very difficult actors there previously. Um, you know. I'm not going to use any names, but like you know, people were like, "Whoa, you worked with him? That's, that must be tough." And well, not really. Actually, it's quite reasonable. If you, and then the same thing happened here. If you're saying, "Well, you know, Vince D'Onofrio, oh my God, you know, he's patient," mm. and I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know about that, but like, you know, get him on the phone, we'll talk, we'll figure it out. And sure enough, and, and the bottom line is, I, I had I had no worries about it. And sure enough, he's the most reasonable man I met. I mean, his all of his goals and objectives are the same as mine, and. We, we, there was I, I don't know where that came from. Maybe there was a time in his life, but um, he was totally reasonable and it, and it went off really well. But a good script, when you enter, getting back to the main theme here, when when you enter a, a, a new a new group, a new network, a new show, and you get a bad script, there's really nothing. I mean, you can do, you do your best with it, but mm-hmm. you there's a, as a, as a producer, I used to say to directors, if you get a bad script, don't get into a shooting war. Don't go over, like, don't go nuts trying to make it better because you, you can't beat it. Like, you can do your best, but don't don't kill yourself because at the end of it, you'll have a bad show and you'll have gone over a budget. You'll never come back. If it's a bad script and people, everyone kind of knows it, but you're paid here as a director to take that hit. So you take that hit and don't go over budget and we'll say to you, hey, that wasn't a great show, but you didn't go for budget. You're a good guy. You were organized. You did your best. You got a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tendency that people will just like destroy their careers over a bad script. In this particular case, I just got a great script. 
That was it. I mean, you mm. you know, we we had Rolling Stones music in the damn movie. I mean, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. like and they were like, and they were so they had so much skin in the game. Um, Marvel and Netflix, they wanted to do such a good job that they were they made sure it would be done right. Like most companies are like, well, how many extras do you need? Well, let's take some out. And, and do, you, do you really need a stuntman this day? And on it goes. You know, they were like just. They would put in more at it and, and challenging me to do a better job and and you know I remember I remember uh, Corey the uh, like challenging me saying this if this doesn't get if you don't get a nomination for uh, an award an Emmy for um, for, D- for D'Onofrio you know then you haven't done your job and and I was like well, they have expectations here and we really <laughs> put 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 me on my toes yeah no I mean that that episode was yeah. I, I definitely one of the highlights of the show, and I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another big compliment again about that episode here, which was the the because you're delving into like Fisk's background, you've got those two beautiful bookends I think in that episode, which I'm sure Tammy remembers as well, where you open up with Fisk getting ready for his day, and it's just the music, and it's these beautifully just meticulous shots of him preparing his food and getting his suit. And then that's reflected at the end of the episode, but you know, everything's slightly different because Vanessa is there as well. And I thought that was so wonderfully done in that episode. That was just such an insight into that character, beautifully played by Vincent obviously as well, but it was just so, it, it just looked stunning on the screen. So I just wanted to give you a big compliment for that as well. Thanks very much. I mean, I, uh, I as I said, I'm going to go send it right back toward the writer, but, uh, you know, one in the, I, it really struck me that there's like a resonance and it's sort of a, a narrative echo that occurs also when the, the mother finishes up, you know, they, they, the, the two, the mother and the son finish up with the chopping up the, 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 the victim, mm-hmm. the victim. Uh, and um, she gives him the handcuffs, uh, not the handcuffs, the, uh, the cufflinks. Got, Hello, Dr. Freud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> handcuffs come at the end of the series <laughs> or, or later this afternoon I don't know it's good <laughs> no, it, was, it was such a uh, wonderful moment that one as well um, I wanted to mention as well like so obviously you said it was a job you very much wanted to do working on Daredevil did you like, are you a comic book fan? Did you have knowledge about the characters beforehand? Because um, obviously you work with DC as well. I know, I know, I, I knew about the characters, and I and I had, I know about the Marvel universe, and and I, I'm, I don't say that lightly, but I, I'm, I'm not, um, like, I'm like your your insights and your knowledge of that universe is so superior to mine, and I'm not even going to pretend that I'm gonna, I can compete on that level, but. But what I'm the, the the reason I believe I was a good fit, and the reason and the, the observations that a lot of the creative staff made is that I do I work as a director. I've always worked in storyboards. I've worked in graphic narrative from you know art school days, and and a sense mm-hmm. every single every single shot I've shot that I've drawn beforehand, the beginning, the middle, and the end of that shot has been drawn on paper, and it's been wow. and it's been re, you know reconfigured on film, and um, I have. Thousands and thousands and thousands of, of storyboard pages that go back from my early days at Kids in the Hall, even to my, you know, work. work. So, I, graphic narrative is my thing. So, as soon as I started working with them and they started seeing that, um, they started seeing my process, I think that, you know, Marvel is an unusual company in that the, there's some very high ranking staff in the company that are creative that creative staff mm-hmm. and and are um they are graphic narrative illustrators essentially they write yeah. and yeah. they draw and that's how they communicate so when you know when you know and, and all of my work i would always publish on their on the um they have a, uh, a a website which is encrypted and i would send that stuff out to every anyone in the company that wanted to weigh in it's a real good form. To, it's a good form of communication. They they can say no, 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 no. That's not how it works. He doesn't do. It becomes extre- super clarified, super fast when you put it on paper mm. and you draw the sh- the show up. So th- I think that they they really um, they really responded to the storyboarding um, from a managerial uh, position and and a creative one, kind of simultaneously. And um, okay. And that, so that was a real big. I think that was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, excellent. 
No, I mean, um, yeah. you've got the guys like quite high up, obviously like Joe Casada and Jeff Loeb, who have, particularly with Daredevil, have got a connection with him because they both worked on the graphic novels for him. So if you're giving this visual representation of what you're imagining, how to direct that character, I'm sure that was something that they were big fans of, that approach. That's yeah, it, it, exactly right. Um, you know, J- Joe um, was, uh, you know, w- would always comment on my work. He's always been a big supporter of my process and of and of the outcome too. He's been very, very supportive, and and um, um, and that's always really important that that we get that kind of feedback. And also, by the way, you know, it's also it's, it's not just a one way when when things aren't working. You know, we, we're going back to the they're literally looking at my drawing board. And um, and and commenting on you know the approach and you know the the reality is there's always a showrunner involved and they're like like all you know good you know narrative there is a writer uh, producer kind of creator and uh, and and whether that would be um, you know Marco or, or Godard uh, Godard or um, or um, or uh, Chio you know they they always are working hand in glove with um, with Jeff. Uh, with Jeff Loeb and with you know and Joe and and they and they are always trying to keep those details. Um, there's many 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 specific details, you know, motivationally, the background, you know, how people react, what how they respond. Sort of the the dosage and and the duration of of moments is really is really carefully monitored by the people that created the original characters, and that's you know that's Jeff Loeb and that's Casada and they and they and, they, and they, that input is 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 very very important to be uh, truthful to the the real fans like yourself and like many others that that are really aware and sensitive to that that kind of thing so again my my approach with you know boarding and the way i had my communication uh with pictures it, it fell right into their wheelhouse mm, no definitely um what how how does it sort of differ working on each of the individual it's marvel okay. shows because obviously oh can you hear me <sighs> Yeah, no, no, you're back. Could you yeah. start that one again, please? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, how does it compare in sort of directing the different Marvel shows? Because obviously you've got Daredevil, which is more like a crime drama. Jessica Jones is like a noir. Um, you know, they've all got a very different feel to them, but they're under the same Marvel umbrella. Was there any particular challenges with doing the different shows, do you think? Um, they're... they're um... There, there was there was creatively uh, every show having its own kind of look and its own style and its own characters. There definitely there's you know delineations and separations that you that one has to make. Now normally as a new director on a show like let's say I would come from from doing Burn Notice and I'd be going to do Persons of Interest, they would you know the creators of that show would like be right on top of me going no no we don't do it like that that's how you do it on that show in this show we and my job as a as a new director as a director on the show is to try to interpret the signpost of reality that the that that showrunner is bringing to the floor that in that in a lot of cases it doesn't make any sense why are we doing it this way i do not understand i don't understand it <laughs> but, like that is just doesn't and and you know everyone reads the script and go yeah well, I like it except for this this and this it's odd you know that everyone has their little point of view as I do but really what I should be doing and I'm trying is I'm just trying to understand those parts that I'm going why do they do that I'm trying to embrace those and go that is the reality that is why they have that person there that is why that they have people watching the programs why it's a success that is it mm-hmm. right there. That thing that you don't understand, that's the part that you got to hold on to the most. So um, uh, that's sort of on a larger, you know, meta level. And then when you get to, to – to, uh, and, and it's really difficult. That's, that's, a, that's the hard leap for me as a director on a new show is trying to understand what it is that makes this show unique. Like why is it that people are into, you know, into – into, um, fill in the blank show why is it different How's and they all are different they all have their own thing okay so on Marvel you come into Marvel and each one of their particular characters has their own you know thing and um, mm-hmm. and the guardian of that uh, of that um, thing is uh, is Jeff Loeb and and, uh, and it's Joe and it's the and it's the showrunner and um, and it's the character obviously you know the actual actor at a certain point becomes the guardian of that and and that the you know they, they because a lot of those people are the same, I'm going to be talking to the same person 
about a different problem, the communication is now easier. It's a fact. We're into it shorthand. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, um, Jeff can call me and he, and, you know, he knows that I'm, I'm really going to listen and I'm really, and I really give a shit and I'm going to take notes and I'm going to really, if I don't understand it, I'm going to call him in the middle of the night and ask him again. And, and I know that if I've got a problem with it, he'll get up in the middle of the night like no one, like no one else and, and show up. <laughs> <laughs> and like show up and say, well, yeah. you you have to get this, and and I will be and the openness and that. Can, so what we have is some things are the same, like the, uh, some of the people are the same, and, and and we've established that link now, that that expedites a lot of the download. Um, uh, so then then the actual yes is a huge challenge though. E- each one of these shows has its own thing. You might I might say, geez, I don't like that new thing, you know. Uh, in this new show, <laughs> this new thing doesn't make any sense. I think it's a stupid idea, and I don't think that's going to translate very well. To, but at the end of the day, I have to embrace it, chase it, make it. Yeah. Uh, like it, that's my job, and you know, it's like an actor's. I don't. Know, I would never say that. But it's the actor's job to learn how to say that, and it's my job as a director to learn how to how to illustrate that visually, narratively, in a way that is not only like passable, but is cool and is like interesting yeah. and new. You know, so. Mm. Oh, definitely. By the way, I have to compliment you on your choice of drink because that's my favorite San Pellegrino, and I keep seeing you drinking it, and it's making me want one. <laughs> I'm going to go and buy one after this. <laughs> I can't. They don't let me do any other stuff, so I, don't, I just. <laughs> um, I wanted to. I mean, we've just covered the Iron Fist finale a few weeks ago, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about was. Um, when we were discussing it, um, uh, when Tammy and I and my co-hosts were discussing it, it must have been a challenge for that episode because Iron Fist is so much more fantastical than the other shows. And the episode before the finale, we discussed it almost feels like a season finale in itself. But you've got this extra episode at the end where you have to wrap up the Harold Meacham story and then go to Kunlun and you sort of finally hint at seeing um, the dragon, even though we obviously don't see it fully, all these kind of things that you have to do. Did you find that that was a particular challenge? Because well, there were so many different villains in Iron Fist, it felt almost like a second season finale. Um, yeah, the uh, this is not an uncommon problem. I, I mean, structurally, mm-hmm. um, when, when you're into a narrative um you know, three act structure, and and everything is three act structure. As you can't, you can you can fight it, but it's just it's still three act structure. So when you when you're in that world, um, and uh, it, when you when you when when you're into that structure, and you have a the, the pe- penultimate episode, which is the one before the finale, and then there's the finale, and then there's usually an episode after it. Really, I mean, the finale ideally, I think, in a perfect world, in this particular case, would be like a two parter. It would just be one that mm-hmm. because what happens is the narrative movement that occurs in that episode 12, for instance, of Iron Fist is like everything happens. It's all done. They just yeah. they, they spent it all. And the same thing, I, I would say it was very, it's a very common problem. I think you're going to find the same thing in Punisher. I can't say much about that, except just structurally, the no, same thing occurred. Yeah. Narratively, all of these threads come together. All this movement occurs because the you know, it's the it's the. Um, Essentially, the finale is the last one, but they start it up, and once it starts, it just burns so fast that they don't. I don't. I don't. Unless it's a real a, a showrunner that's done a lot of work and really understands that structure, the problem pops up. It, it happens again and again. I'd say fifty percent okay. of the time, it, that's exactly what occurs. So that, the same thing happened on on. Um, and, and by the way, it's not entirely an issue with the showrunner because you have a, a you know you have creative influence from the network and you have creative influence from a lot of different people and they, they want to see these mm-hmm. things happening at a certain place. So, but, but by lighting the fuse, it often, again, I'm going to use that same un- unfortunate metaphor, but it, it burns too fast. And mm-hmm. it, it be- just because of the nature of action stuff and, and a lot of the shorthand that occurs. So, so what in, in, um, I can't talk about uh, Punisher because I think that, I think that um, in Punisher, there was a, re- a real like, Hyper awareness of that problem. That okay. Um, okay. I, I would call it a challenge because I think that a lot of people knew about it early and uh, or early enough that they could actually that they ran. You know, we they scrapped the script in the middle of prep and it was like freaky. But um, but I think that it was uh, addressed. I 
I don't know, you, you, only you can be the judge in terms of the success or failure of that. But it, I think that there was really a, um, a, a concerted full court press to, to now in the case of uh, Iron Fist, I know this it was almost the same kind of thing. Of course, is that so much wrapped up before we got to the place of, you know, like, like they, they like I think, you know, they used up too much ammunition narratively and then. And that is not always. I'm never always going to put that on on the shorter. I think I think that um, Scott had a total insight into what how that was happening and why it was happening, and he was mm-hmm. he was struggling trying to you know trying to play that out. Um, so, but those those questions of you know the, the, you know it's, these are really good questions, and I you know Kurosawa, who is you know I, someone I used to study in film school. Uh, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in every interview, they say to him, you know, so what do you, advice do you have for young filmmakers? And he says, I learn how to be a good writer. And that's, you know, really an interesting approach because it's always, it always goes back to the writing. And, you know, when you yeah. say, well, we really love that episode you did. And I say, well, you know, I had a really good script. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to, you know, be falsely humble. But I mean, if I, I do believe I, I did a good job on the show, but if it was a shitty script, you wouldn't be saying that. And I'd be making an excuse for why it didn't work, and it, and it would be the same. It would be the same. It would go to the same route, which is writing, 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 writing. If the writing is, yeah. the actors can play it. If the writing is good, that the director can block it, shoot it. You know, it makes sense. And if if sometimes the writing doesn't work, you know, it's yeah. I mean. I mean, I can I can ruin a great scene in a second. I, I, I have a talent for being able to destroy something really easily. But um, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you get out of the way and the, and you let the actors like take the material and run with it, you'll find that. But usually, they will find the truth of that scene, and um, and if you follow along, you you can usually get away, you know, with a pretty good scene. Um, but when you know. When there's a structural issue, it's sometimes just something that you, you know, that's what I'm saying. You can't, like, get into a shooting. Well, we were on top of a building, you know, on top of a skyscraper in downtown New York, you know, for, I don't know, 15 nights, like, wired in with, like, safety rigs and rain, like, sideways and microwaves cooking us. It was hard shooting. It was (laughs) – it was it was a challenge and uh, and Finn I thought was spectacular. He was awesome to work with, um, but there's an, there are inherent issues in terms of that kind of you know that kind of structure. And I think it's I think it's inherent in television you know drama. It happens a lot. Yeah, I think so. I mean we discussed um, as well on the podcast. I think um, Iron Fist had being the last show and um, before the Defenders. I think Iron Iron Fist got way harder a time in in a lot of reviews than it should have um and i think there it had a tough time being the last show before defenders i think a lot of people were impatient for the defenders um and it's the more fantastical show as well um but i think there was i mean it's it's got one of my favorite characters from any of the netflix shows in which is ward meacham which tammy knows how much i love ward meacham um, he's pretty great and it's got some of the best villains and just like some of completely amazing moments in it as well um but i i always think as well in terms of it being the final episode and obviously you said you did the final episode for the punisher i i just imagine that being such a hard thing to do because no matter you know no matter how good everything is before the the ending is something you're everyone's left with you know yes and um, and, and it's and it's uh and it's a truism I, I just want to speak to the uh to the i i, I think you're right i think it got it got a, a pretty rough uh, go from the, uh, unfairly, and I also think that mm-hmm. the, I, I also think that it's also pars- partially because of its place in the stack, and it's also mm-hmm. the the, um, the the structure of the show was that you know it was quite different, like that power and that fist. It's it's important for the it, you know the, the details of it, the the uh, the the, um, the way that the fist works and the power of that fist and all that business. It's it's essential that it worked the way that it did. Like it may have been, there was many arguments about it being, you know, it could have been adjusted in different ways, this way and that way, in order mm-hmm. to make it a better series. That, but it did, it would not then serve the defender, um, you know, mm-hmm. the whole run in defense. Because in defenders, it's, it becomes, and I don't want to give anything away, but it's it's essential that it does what it <laughs> does, you know. So there's, yeah. you know, they, you know, in in a way, we all took a bit of a, you know, we we all took a bit of a. We did a punt. They put the man on first. We advanced our, our runner in terms of the overall show. Yeah. Now, when you see Finn 
um, in the defenders, it makes so much more sense. And he and, and I just think it's just great. And thank God, you know, we all get a, a shot to redeem ourselves like that. But it, it makes a lot more sense. He looks great in the trailers for the defenders. Like it's it's very exciting. Um, oh, I, I might. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He fits so, in. Yeah, I can't wait. He fits in. Like, yeah. he, that, yeah. that character fits in that group in such a beautiful way. Yeah. And, you know, my my uh, first uh, is not released yet. I, I, I guess it'll be released shortly. But, you know, I came onto the floor. And there's a gigantic scene I start with where there's everyone is in, like, all the defenders are involved. And there's, and there's a, you know, there's a fight that's going on. That, and it becomes a fight amongst themselves. And. And it was super, a lot, of, a lot of moving parts and a real challenge for me. And I, and I was really excited to do it because I really wanted, I really wanted it to be like, it's, it was just like as, as a director that's, you know, that's worked in, in a lot of different shows. When you get a challenge like that, you know, you, I just, I really wanted to kill it. And I, I thought they really helped me and, and the cast helped me like do, do uh, mm. I think what was necessary to, to get done. And I think it rocks, man. I just, I'm just so excited about that episode. So. Uh, can't wait and it must help as well that obviously all the cast they know their characters you've got an established um uh stunt team you know who do incredible work we've spoken previously to chris brewster which is obviously charlie cox's um stunt double um that must make your job a lot easier as well that you know at this point it's you've had these five series before the defenders so it's a team that works well together everyone kind of knows what they're doing and the actors know and trust you because they've all worked with you before as well exactly you know, that is that part is true like we, we all know each other we all hate each other equally so we, we can... <laughs> <laughs> um, no no they're to- they're totally supportive and uh and they, they and, and it's unbelievably supportive and and that is a definitely uh part of the part of the thing is that in it you know, it's sort of difficult to describe, but you imagine coming to a cocktail party, you don't know anyone, or you go to a cocktail party, you know everyone, and the difference is yeah. profound. And you walk into them, you've got to organize something kind of in a, in a way that'll get everyone through the day and, 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 and give them an opportunity to do their best work. So there's, it's, you know, it's a real social intercourse is the word, you know. So you have to, <laughs> with five people. So it's a big, it's a big orgy of social intercourse and, and there's camera people and it was and we did something that i thought was really radical when we opened that we opened that scene up and i and i, I can't talk about it because it gives i'm talking about the show and i that breaks my head <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I said to you before i don't want the marvel snipers to get you you know shield is real i know there's a <laughs> around my apartment here yeah exactly fire one <laughs> Yeah, it's a. It was we did something kind of experimental. Um, I, I'm really like I'm often criticized for being too controlling. You don't have too much, too many storyboards, too many, too many visualizations, too, too many expectations. And and I'm you know in my and as I as I fade into you know you know into elderly like senility, the I'm giving <laughs> I'm giving more up. So you know, I now don't really I do my storyboarding, but like I, I'm just it's more like it's more like a cheat sheet, and I don't I'm not so uptight about it. Doesn't have to be exactly you know now then actors have an opportunity to and they want to so I can start with what they want you know it's a much more um, fluid and and uh, and you know is um, I don't want to use the word. Um, like no one's making anything up. Everyone's staying to the tax. We're getting the shots. We, but it's a, a much more fluid process. And and I think mm-hmm. that um, I went even a step further on that uh, on the be- very beginning of that bit and of that show. And it was really exciting to try. And it caused everyone um, everyone's head to kind of exploded for a short beat. I got yelled at and yelled back, and and it worked great. <laughs> it, it's totally worked. It's uh, it's quite um, it's quite it's quite crazy. Um, Anyway, cool. um, one of the other things I read, um, which I found interesting, was that you um, obviously you directed um, Wayne's World 2. Yes. Um, back in the day. And th- I read an interview with you, which you had said something like you you didn't enjoy the experience of doing films. So you wanted to really stick with television and sort of the difference of working on television. Um, is that something that you would still want to do? Or have you sort of thought about going back into into films at all because obviously with netflix you have netflix original movies and things so still working in that that um 
uh, streaming format, would that be something that you would be interested in doing? I, it, it would be. And, and, uh, and, and I, I mean, I, I stand by what I said and I, and I actually still mm. get it within the context of, of what I said and, and believe to be true, which is, you know, that first of all, the kind of movie I was making with Wayne's World 2 had a lot of, you know, there was a lot of voices that were, you know, louder, stronger, bigger, more talented mm-hmm. than I. So I was a, you know, I was a very uh, small cog in a very big machine. And that, um, even though I, uh, I, you know, I come by my comedy honestly, and I and I and I believe and knew uh, a lot of the players that were involved in it. Um, the actual uh, the pressures of a, of a large budget um, Hollywood released film are. Are they're they're not really creatively driven. They're 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 driven by a mm-hmm. lot of different um, uh, agendas, and and I, I just didn't have any interest. Anyway, not 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 true. Let me let me rephrase that. I didn't have I didn't have the skill set to deal with though those agendas, and it's mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was at a, at a disadvantage. So I didn't want to, I didn't feel comfortable working in that. What I like to do is I, I, as a director, I've always enjoyed blocking the scene. I like working with an actor and figuring out how to like recreate reality. There's two forces in nature. There's like entropy where, you know, in, in high school, you have put marbles and different mm-hmm. colors and you add the energy to the container. You shake that, that bottle of marbles and it gets all those colors get mixed up. And the more energy you add, you know, the more mixed up they get. And they say, how many million years before you, you know, they come back to the original state? The answer is never. They will never come mm-hmm. back to the original state because of entropy. And all energy is moving to chaos. And, uh, and it causes me great anxiety. So in, when, you, when you're working in television, you're starting to, uh, when you're blocking a scene, working with actors, with script, you're starting to, you know, take material that's, that's, that's random and it's becoming more organized. It starts to self-organize. It. At, at some point, it starts to self-organize. And if you can delicately get it to that place where it's starting to self-organize and, and get up on its own feet and walk around like a, like a Frankenstein that you've created, it's so bre- the, the, the rewards are so breathtaking. They're, it's, so, it's such an incredible moment. And it happens so rarely. But when it occurs, you just like you, – I actually hit – I say, look, there it is. You know, it's actually happening right now. And it, it may not happen again for I – don't, I don't know. You know, and so it's uh, it's an incredible experience to be able to go through that. And when you're working on a on a, I, I, I fear that you know if you don't if people aren't like respectful of that process and if they don't like tiptoe into that situation and and, and look for that to come, then it's not going to come. You can't make it come to you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, the um, so. Uh, would I work on a film now? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think I would ever do one of those gigantic movies where everything, you know, where you've got like, you know, um, you sort of the in, in, military industrial complex of Hollywood, like hosing trillions of dollars. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't know. I don't know if that would work for me still. I'm definitely interested in working in features and I'm looking at, and I'm looking towards working on some, but it's kind of tricky to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated, uh, you know, process, but I'm, I'm after it. Yeah. I'm chasing it. Oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like with um, big sort of blockbuster films, I'm fascinated by everything that goes on behind the scenes in, that goes into the making of big blockbusters and how how much there is that goes on in terms of the amount of people and the amount of money going onto it. I followed that stuff quite a bit just because I, I find it fascinating, but I, I can't imagine that amount of pressure on working on something that big. Well, yeah. Um, and, I'm and, aware of... Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, finish up. I'm not talking. No, no, no. I was no, no, no. Please continue. Honestly, but, I just want to say. I want to say that that, that the um, there, you know, there's cert to be good at your job as a director. I I used to own. I used to think that if I if I went over time by like a minute or I or I went into a, a lunch penalty, that that was the end of the world. It was a huge problem. And really, by becoming more sociopathic about my spending capabilities, <laughs> you know, it creates a, such calm amongst the actors because they know that there is actually something greater than that um, that is important to me and time used to be the only measurement and now um, you know I have I have a bunch of other metrics that I'm looking to and, and, and it makes you it, it makes people at once respect you more as a director even the executives and the right they, they respect they, they can smell it on you they know that you're not mm. that that's you know you've, you've entered a new era and that's hopefully I think that I think that might just have happened like you know, in the last year or two, maybe with at Marvel, because 
for Marvel, it was only important to them. You know, they had so, it was so important to them that, that that was the it had to that was the only important thing. They had money that wasn't. Yeah. I'm not going to say money is not important. To them. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. It, that it succeeded, and that and that to them was critical, and and that is the most critical thing in a scene. I, I didn't really describe that. I gave you the chaos. You know, I gave you the entropy force. There is another force, and it's life force, and it's a force that organizes and brings energy together, and it's kind of a little more, more mysterious. A lot of different names for it. But those two forces battle, you know. And when you're when you're on a film set, you have to get behind the idea of of kind of kind of trying to get into an area where you're you're putting energy, the things that are stick together naturally, stick together naturally, and there's a you, you try to use that life force to bring that you know to bring that uh, scene to life, and um, uh, and it starts with the script. Hmm, definitely. Um, no, I, I'm sort of aware of time, obviously, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but one of the things I did want to sort of ask you about before you go, and you've been so generous with your time, honestly. I, you know, Speak. thank you so much. Um, but I wanted to ask about uh, if there's any other projects that you've got coming up that you can obviously talk about at this point. Apart from um, Punisher and Defenders, we know obviously you've got coming up. Is there anything else that you can talk about? Um, um, yeah, there's. A, I've been I've been working with a partner um, on a uh, on a money laundering story, and we had to kind of restart it because of the current situation in our, in our country. <laughs> because it was strange. Yeah. But, <laughs> we were, but, but I'm telling you, we were working on this. We and in fact we, we had three scripts written, and, and this is two three years ago. Um, but so we're still working on that. We're back on that, and that's uh, that's one project. I'm going to do a I'm going to do a show in um, in Vancouver uh, called uh, Six, which is about the SEAL Team group, and uh, and I'm and I'm and I'm going then to, to New uh, I'll go to do a Fox has a new show called The Gifted, which is also a Marvel show mm-hmm. about a family of superheroes. I'm I'm going to be working with Matt yeah, Nixon, yeah. which is I'm looking forward to, and. Um, and uh, you know, I, ha- I have my my sort of six months of TV work all laid out, which puts me in a, a state of calm. Um, and and now that now I can start thinking about maybe you know the longer range plans and developing other things on my own, which I'm doing actively. I'm doing a story. I'm writing with someone else on on a project about an immigrant, uh, someone trying to immigrate um, uh, into the country, but they're doing it on the back of a train with their sister, and it's like a it's a traveling show. So we, we we really crib the structure of uh, Painted Bird, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it should be a, a very adventurous and you know exciting uh, travel log. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, the I, I know they released a trailer for Gifted as well at Comic Con, and that it looks like a lot of fun. I don't know that much. Um, about it, obviously, because of the podcast, my head is so much in the Marvel Netflix shows. I don't follow many of the others, so Tammy knows more about Flash and Arrow, which I yeah. know you've worked on as well before. <laughs> um, but yeah, that show looks like a lot of fun as well, so that should be good. So you're going the, to Vancouver you, soon then for the other show, I'm guessing. So you mentioned uh, I'm right, yeah, to me you're off to Vancouver soon. Exactly right. Yeah. Then I so I'm going to go to Vancouver and come back. Uh, I think I'm New York for Luke Cage, and then I'm I'm off to. Uh, I can't remember exactly the order, but then, uh, and then, to, you know, I'm, I'm off to, to work in uh, North Carolina. Is that? No, Atlanta. I'm sorry, Atlanta. Atlanta, mm-hmm. where the gift that is done. I'm, I've never worked there before, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and as I said, that's that's my next show. And then there's also, anyway, there's, there's a pile of other shows I'm, I'm working on, but in terms of um, sort of new experiments, I'm, I really am looking forward to doing something that I have a little more creative uh, ownership on. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, in, you know, I've always said I won't, I've always told my agents I'm not interested in doing pilots because I think that pilots have traditionally been for, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you were saying that a last episode is a hard episode to do because of this structure. Mm-hmm. Um, am I putting words in your mouth? At any rate, the, <laughs> the, okay. pilot, I, the pilot might be the harder show because, you know, the, the, the mix of the characters is, it takes so long for, for that stew to kind of, you know, give mm-hmm. up some flavor. And I remember working on Psych, and you know, I loved the script and the, and the characters. I knew all the actors were really good, and and then it took like the first couple of shows. It was like, yes, like yes, you bad. <laughs> and then and then suddenly order, you know, and it started to mm-hmm. self work. Start to find what it was, and then it was like this fast moving, post modern, fucking brilliant thing, and I couldn't believe. Yeah, it. yeah. And that was a really good example of something taking shape, you know, 
with self-organization or I mean, I don't know self, but there were, there were a lot of influences. I, I think that doing a, a pilot is hard and, and there's a lot of, a lot of people involved talking about what color his bow tie should be and not enough people talking about <laughs> the larger blocks and where they should go. So I've never really been that yeah. interested in pilots and, and, and the consequence of error is so high, you know, and people say, well, you make a lot of money. And I'm like, if I want to make money, I'd sell landmines for God's sake. So maybe I would like uh, <laughs> trade real estate with Trump. I don't know. I, 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 I'm here to work with actors and try to do something that makes sense and, and hopefully entertains and, and uh, informs. So maybe, maybe this year. We'll see. <laughs> Excellent. It's, it's interesting as well just to mention um, Matt and Mel, our other two co-hosts, do another podcast um, and uh, Hooplecast, and at the moment they are reviewing every pilot episode that's aired on HBO, and it's it's really interesting because there's so many great shows coming out of HBO. But for instance, they recently reviewed the pilot episode of The Wire, and they really didn't enjoy it at all. And I couldn't really get into The Wire either from watching the first episode, but it's one of the greatest shows ever made, you know. Well, yeah, I, um, so I, it is a very hard thing to obviously set the show up. I was out with Clark Johnson last night, so I'm not going to comment on that. But I will say, that it's, can you believe it? Small world department. You know, I love you, Clark. Um, it's uh, very hard to do a pilot because no one knows each other. Like, and there's no, it's, you yeah. know, if they were, if they really truly wanted to do it in a way that that might give it a shot, they would spend a couple of weeks in rehearsals. And that's not rehearsals. That's not so that people learn their lines. How's it going to block? But it's so people have a chance to be together and kind of feel what that. I'm sounding very hippie today. Um, and, have okay. kind of around and find out how everyone, what their timing is, how they think. That that is like so so critical to, to spend that time to to learn about how that works. And then it, I would love to see that show. I'm fascinated with I'm, I'm fascinated with that subject. That's a very interesting subject. I think you should do another one too. I think you should do a series on on things that have been broken and didn't work, like the thing was out of focus or the camera was shaky, the person forgot their lines, or I don't know, it was the wrong that Because I think that, that that has nothing to do with the success or failure of a particular moment or a scene or, or, or a movie, because I think that there are things that are, are, there are larger forces at play, and I think that mm -hmm. people fast too much on these details in real life, and I think that you know it would be an interesting thing to discuss, you know. But um, I, I, th I think your pilot show sounds super interesting, super interesting. <laughs> it's I would I haven't been on it yet, but um, it's it's a really it's a good listen, and they're they're going to be covering all the HBO shows, so it's um yeah it's it's made me want to like go back and revisit a lot of those those shows as well. Um, and it's I mean even talking about other shows, one of my favorite shows of all time is Twin Peaks. Oh yeah. Um, but when I recommend it to people who've never seen it and they say, oh, I'm going to watch the pilot. And I always say to them, don't just watch the pilot, like give it two or three episodes because the pilot is very crying and melodramatic. And I think you need to get two or three episodes, you know, to to get into the show. So, um, no, I think you're right. Like, yeah, a pilot would be would be a tough thing as well. I, I, I um, you're. Uh, but you know you want there's got to be a way to I, I tell you what being a producing director you have a lot of creative ownership because you're, you're, you're there so long and you have long-term relationships so it's a good thing I'm, I'm actually I used to do that for a living it became so like it became very bureaucratic and I was just taking care of you know conflicts and stuff you know but I would like to do that again I think that might be a way in so if you know maybe you, you did the pilot and then every other show or something so you had some you were mm. there you brought in a couple other directors that would just repeat with you so you get some there is a way to do this that isn't so insane I'm, I'm sure there is and it's probably probably financially driven who knows but I would love to do uh, something that was more that was that, that I have more ownership a creative ownership in and so that I'm working towards that with a, and a lot of different people and it's interesting that you said that in Twin Peaks at the beginning was I'm gonna have to watch it again now the, the pilot I remember the, <laughs> there was a lot I'll say to you as well watch at least a few episodes <laughs> no, no, I've watched them all I love that I love that I think David Lynch is one of our uh, living uh, you know he's a living legend he's a great great yeah. maker definitely awesome I just I watched Blue Velvet again I, I'm still shaking from it it blew my mind oh it's fantastic yeah, fantastic film. Yeah. Well, I've we've gone over time, but thank you so and much. I, and I love talking like... with you. You've both been very, very uh, insightful and uh, provocative. And um, please 
help me by editing all this uh, nonsense that I uh, spewed out. Of this cake, this cake no, honestly. That spewed out of my cake. <laughs> If there's anything you want edited out, obviously just let me know and I will edit it. And, um, no. you know, I... <laughs> As I say, you know a lot. I always want to edit stuff out, but just let me know if there's anything you want removed. I understand. I've had, when I've talked to people who've worked on the shows before, they've contacted me afterwards and said, you know, can you take this out? I'm just worried about this. I'm absolutely fine doing that. It's not a problem at all. And we, I mean, if you're, if you're interested, I'd love to chat to you, like, uh, um, like have you on for um, After Defenders and Punisher and chat to you about those as well. Um, like, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, and have a have a safe trip to Vancouver. Yeah. Thank you. I'll I'll, I'll do my best. And yeah. it's been very talking to me. And you've got you to be safe. And um, we look forward. To I'll show. I'll see you on Facebook as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a you might end up in Gitmo. I, I love you all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Have a great day. Bye, Stephen. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it. And you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!